Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. How do we dispel fear, find peace, and prepare for the end of our lives? Robert Wargamoth joins us to talk about the finish line. Don't forget, you can join the conversation by calling 800-555-7898 and text us as well. Well, Robert has been in the media business for, uh, well, several decades at this point here. He is the former president of Thomas Nelson Publishers, founder of Wolgamuth and Associates. He's written a ton of books and looking forward to this conversation about Finish Line. You might uh, also recognize that last name if you're a listener to Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss. Wolgamuth uh, happens to be married to Nancy. And Robert, welcome. It's good to have you uh, on the show this morning. Thank you, Steve. What fun to be with you, man. Well, I am uh, looking forward to this conversation because, uh, you know, we don't often like to think about the end of life, but it is something that is going to come for each and every one of us. And I know that uh, a little while back we heard, uh, you know, the the announcement that you were dealing with cancer. Is that part of what uh, kind of brought about this book is having to to look at that and the reality that that could Uh happen? Yes, it was. It was. In fact, the book opens with my uh, describing the funeral in Orlando when my late wife, Bobby, died in 2014. So, yes, I mean, I I was her primary caregiver. It was my pleasure, my privilege to do that. And who would know that in just a few years, I would be going through the same thing myself. So, yes, in 2020, we had COVID and two separate cancers that I went through. By that time, I had moved to to Michigan and married Nancy, and so Nancy was my primary caregiver. I mean, little did she know she's she's fifty six years old, never married. She marries this guy who thought he was in good shape, yeah, and she becomes the primary caregiver for him. So it was an amazing experience, which I describe in the book. Yeah, as you look back over that season of caring for your wife and what God taught you there, and then. About six years later, the the roles almost uh, reverse, so to speak, where now you become the patient and you have to have a caregiver. Right. What's you know, broad brush? What did God kind of show you through having to be in both of those two roles? Hmm. Well, uh, we were we did the traditional wedding vows thing. We were married in 1970, and in sickness and in health, you know, you you go to a wedding. And you've been married for years, and you see this young couple. They look like teenagers, right? Yeah. And they're exchanging vows, and they say, for better, for worse, for rich or poor, in sickness and in health. And then when the minister's smiling and nodding, all the groomsmen and bridesmaids are nodding and smiling. When you get there, you realize that that was not just something you set off the cuff. That was a commitment. That was a covenant promise that you made in sickness and in health. So, Bobby, my late wife, was diagnosed on Valentine's Day 2012. She had stage 4 ovarian cancer. So I describe that in some detail, not not just not to exploit our situation, but just for the reader to identify with what it really means to face the death of your primary loved one. And then what happened as we went through this 30-month 30-month vigil, my two daughters and me, um, I I say in the book, she completely took away my fear of death. I mean, I know that sounds impossible because, you know, surveys, national surveys, 
making speeches and death. Those two things people are scared of. Yeah. But she did this with such grace and and didn't complain. I know that sounds outrageous, but she didn't complain, even though she was going through the most horrendous thing you can possibly imagine. Because she knew Jesus. She knew what her destination was. In fact, you, we're, we're, we're living in the land of the, of the dying, and we're going to the land of the living. So why wouldn't we be fired up about that? And she totally understood that. So her service in Orlando, by that time I had moved to Orlando uh, in 2014, was was in fact a celebration. I know that everybody calls what uh, funerals celebrations. This really was. um, It was incredibly sad. We were grieving the loss of this amazing woman at age 64, too young to die. But when she died, when she was diagnosed, my daughters and I said, we are surprised. The Lord is not surprised. We are not angry. We are not afraid. And our hope is that people would come to know the Savior as a result of the testimony of this lady. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's it's an incredible, wonderful, redeeming story. And I'm incredibly grateful to be a part of it. Well, we are talking with uh, Robert Wolgamuth this hour. He has written the book, Finish Line. It's all about dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life. And we're going to continue this conversation throughout the hour. If you are uh, interested in joining the conversation, if you've got a question along the way, you're certainly welcome to uh, call or text that in and happy to pass that along at 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. It's Friday and the weekend is upon us. Any plans? Let us know how we can pray for you this weekend. 800-555-7898. We are talking this hour with uh, Robert Wolgamuth. He has been involved in uh, Christian media for um, over 39 years at this point and has written a a good number of books, including a new book called Finish Line. And uh, certainly commend that to you. Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. Um, Robert, you know, you were saying just a, a few minutes ago that as you watched your late wife, Bobby, pass, there was something that God did in that, in a sense, he took away the fear of death in doing that. Some of us have not actually watched a loved one uh, pass in, in the same way that she has. And so we may still have uh, some fear as we look at the death that will come for each and every one of us at some point in time. How can we get to the point where we no longer fear death. Is there a, a truth that you clung to? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the reality of heaven makes all the difference. This, this, is, um, this is not stepping into the unknown. This is stepping into the known. Um, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, First Corinthians 2 9. So, like, seriously, like, we can't even conceive of what heaven might be like. I mean, and I, I can't, I can't conceive of it. My buddy Randy Alcorn actually gave the book an endorsement, and it's the only endorsement on the book. I figured if Randy, <laughs> who is known as Mr. Heaven, yeah. could affirm this book, that's all I'd need. And so he has written really the definitive work 
on heaven. In fact, a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, he said goodbye to his wife, Nancy. So um, it it is the promise. It's I, I talk about um, taking my girls shopping at a big mall and they're dragging their feet. And then they realize we're headed to the candy store. And now I'm chasing them. Yeah. <laughs> and or talk about Rick Hansen, the young man who broke his neck, uh, did a 26,000 mile trek on his wheelchair and finished in Vancouver in front of 50,000 people. And that's, that's what heaven is going to be like. Um, in fact, I describe one of my favorite accounts, uh, and I'm a Cubs fan. I can't help it. I grew up in Chicago. Um, of David Bodie hitting a grand slam, walk off, pinch hit, home run against the Nats a few years ago, uh, 2018 it was. And I have a picture on my computer of him rounding third, and literally his arms are out like he's flying. Yeah. And of course his teammates are there. Who, I mean, who said you got to rip off the guy's jersey? I don't get that. But he crossed home plate. Just that picture is unbelievable. And somebody posted it on Instagram with the, with the um, caption, heaven. I mean, it's like, um, I actually wasn't able to get the picture in the book. I wanted to, but it, they weren't going to give me the, their permission to do it. But I describe it, and you can go online. Yeah. See David Bode, B-O-T-E, a D-E, I guess, uh, Grand Slam walk-off home run, and you'll see this amazing picture. But that's what we have to look forward to, Steve. That's the reason why um, Bobby was completely at peace and and there are so many stories of how she handled all of that in fact one time there's a really tender moment she is sitting in a hospital bed in our living room i'm sitting on the edge of the bed and i said to her man am i ever gonna miss you and she looked at me she didn't say anything. <laughs> she, she wanted to say you know, I probably won't miss you. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, and we actually laughed about it. So because of her love for Christ, because of her commitment to share the gospel with people during those 30 months when she was diagnosed and then dying, she wasn't afraid. Mm. So I'm not either. Yeah. What a, what a great truth. Um, I want to touch on something that you address in the book. You have this uh, chapter where you deal with something you call No More Secrets, and there's a call to action in there. Um, why why is that an important uh, concept for us to, to get our minds around? I would love for you to just kind of talk about and describe that. Oh. Well, I, I tell a very specific story of a very well-known man and I'm not going to say his name on the air, but many of your listeners are going to know who I'm talking about. I knew this man. In fact, he was converted as a result of my dad's ministry. Uh, he was a 17-year-old young man. And in fact, I remember when my dad used to come home for long trips, or from long trips, we'd gather around uh, my mom and dad's bed in the master, and he'd open his suitcase, and he always picked up a trinket or something for each one of us. So anyway, we're standing there in the in the room having that fun experience. And my mother asked him how it went when he was preaching in India. And and my dad was always upbeat. And he said, well, it was good. Just one young man came forward at the invitation to, to receive Christ. Hmm. Well, that man was this man who was known around the world. And he was my friend. I, I represented him on all of his published 
publishing, I connected this man with um, publishers who took all of his books to the marketplace. Uh, we talked often, he from somewhere around the world, literally. So he died. It was tragic. I spent some time on the phone with his wife, prayed with her on the phone. Then within the next several weeks, things were discovered about a life that he was living that was unknown to anybody, his wife, his children, his staff, mm -hmm. the world, complete surprise. The chapter is called No More Secrets because what I say, Steve, is that when you and I die, people are going to go through our stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our, our, our files, our boxes, our closets, our attics, the trunk of our cars. So what I say in that chapter is you might as well deal with all of this before you die. Mm -hmm. Because after you die, it's all going to be exposed. So I talk about hiring, actually, my two nephews who came to work for me in 2005. This was their first job out of college. And now they're sitting, standing in my office, standing in front of me. I'm sitting at my desk. And I said to them, okay, you're working for me, but I want you to know that there are, there's nothing you can't look at. You can look through my computer. You can look through my desk drawers. You can look through my closet. There are no secrets. Now, people might say, well, that's kind of bragging. Actually, that's a confession of my own brokenness. If I know that people are going to go through my stuff, I'm going to be careful about what's in that stuff. Yeah. So the challenge to the reader is do your stuff now. Uh, expose whatever there is, is that needs to be exposed. Make your confessions. Uh, talk to people that you know and love that need to hear from you. Do it before you die because they're going to go through that stuff after you die. So that's called No More Secrets. It's a powerful story, actually. Uh, it's extremely powerful, and uh, many of us will, will recognize that story and say, oh, if only, <laughs> if only that had happened. Yeah. Um, Robert, uh, Robert Wolgamuth with us talking about his new book. It's entitled Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. We're going to continue the conversation with Robert coming up in just a few minutes. You mentioned the fact that he was a caretaker for his wife and had to be taken care of. We'll talk about that in more detail on the way. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, DJ Marotta shares about his new book, Liturgy in the Wilderness. Join us on the journey to reach 200 subscribers in March. Just search for at Dawn and Steve on YouTube.com. And this conversation with Robert Wolgamuth will be up there in coming days. You can, when you subscribe, uh, be notified when we're dropping new videos. So I encourage you to go do that on YouTube. It is at Don and Steve or simply search for our names. Talking with Robert Wolgamuth about his book entitled Finish Line. And uh, Robert, as uh, we've talked a little bit about your story of caring for your late wife, Bobby, uh, you were a, a caretaker and probably learned some lessons as caring for someone who was going to be uh, entering the, the arms of Jesus in, in, shortly. So what lessons would you have to share with those who are caring for those who are dying today? Well, I, I was fortunate, Steve, to be capable physically of being her caregiver <clears throat> Not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you've got a loved one who's in serious physical trouble, you may not be physically capable of doing that. But uh, by the grace of God, I was able to do that. 
But I would think the and greater was, challenge okay. would be the mental and emotional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all that. Of course, it's all that. But I I don't know about you, but I'd rather be there than not be there. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, that there's there's a great sense of calm that you get when you're actually physically part of the process. So um, I was responsible for giving her medications, her pills. I mean, it was like keeping track of all that is a challenge. Those of you who are listening to this right now who are in that role know what i'm talking about and you you say did i did i actually do that so you have to keep really careful records <laughs> but uh so yes bobby was in our home and actually the last two months we had a hospital bed wheeled out wheeled in and that was in our living room and i, I all i can say is that if you can do it both physically and as you said men- mentally and emotionally it's an incredible thing because you are right there face to face, first with your loved one, and then with the reality of death and the hope of eternal life. All those things are wrapped up in that experience. If you can do it, do it. It's just like, um, I mean, if, if our faith doesn't work in a setting like that, then it doesn't work. You're, you're, you're putting, in many ways, you're putting your faith to the test. I mean, do you really believe? that God is sovereign? You mm. Do you really believe that he's even in this horrible situation? Do you really believe that he's prepared a place for us that we can't even conceive of? Then then it's, it's, it's the front lines of knowing him, of embracing our faith, and of living with hope. Nancy and I wrote a book called You Can Trust God to Write Your Story. And that's what you do. You say, you know, I, I wouldn't have written a story like this I would have written it differently, but it is what it is. And we trust God to write the story, to be a part of this narrative. So you, you experience it, you, you do it. In fact, your children, depending of course, on the ages of everybody, but your children taking part in that is also a way to introduce them to the reality of death. We're all going to die and the hope of eternal life. It's just, so if you can, in fact, the great tragedy of COVID, Steve, was that people were going through all this isolated yeah. and away from their loved ones. To me, that was clearly the saddest part of the whole pandemic, that people were kept away from their loved ones. And now I'm afraid looking back, some of that wasn't necessary. What a tragedy. Yeah. But now it's behind us, God willing. And if you have an opportunity to be the caregiver of a family member or someone you love, do it. I mean, it's it's an incredible way of of putting flesh and bones on hope, uh, that hope of eternal life that Jesus talked about in the mm-hmm. Gospels. That is Robert Wolgamuth. He has written the book entitled Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. And honestly, as we prepare for the end of our lives, there are probably some hard decisions that are going to need to be made and some nuts and bolts kind of things. In fact, you have a chapter that deals with that. And when we come back in just a little bit, we're going to talk about some of those nuts and bolts, a blueprint, if you will, of what that may look like. For more info on all of today's guests, head on over to our Facebook page and search for Dawn and Steve in the Morning. 
Hey, we're glad that you're with us this morning as we continue the conversation with uh, Robert Wolgamuth, author of Finish Line. He's uh, written a book that's all about dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life. And so in our last uh, few minutes together, Robert, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that preparing part of uh, going to see Jesus here. As you have helped your late wife uh, kind of prepare for the end, uh, there are some just real practical things that we may need to consider. Um, what, what are some of the nuts and bolts of getting ready? Well, first of all, you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this for your survivors. Hmm. So I tell the story, for example, of um, a family <clears throat> having lost their mom. Um, they were from all over the country, not church people. So uh, this lady was in my central class in Orlando, and we're gathering, or they, they invited us to, to meet with them the day before the funeral, and they're in a panic because they didn't know what their mother would want in her funeral service. Hmm. So we said, we got great news. We met with her uh, a few days ago. We know exactly what she wanted for this service. The, the point is that you never want your people, your family, your friends, your loved ones who are surviving you to say, you know, I wonder what Robert would have wanted. You're giving them a huge gift. I have my funeral service right here in my computer. In fact, in the book, I identify exactly how to find it as a Word doc. In fact, uh, Dr. Ray Orland, who's a very close friend, doesn't live too far from you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, he and his wife, Janny, are good friends. And so I'm writing that chapter, and I thought, you know what? I'll bet Ray has his funeral service already planned. So I texted him and said, Ray, I'm writing this chapter. He said, absolutely. And in 30 seconds, I had on my computer a document that's Ray Ortland's funeral. Hmm. So just imagine the relief that is for your survivors. I mean, they're grieving your death. The last thing you want them to have to do is figure out what you would what would want in that service. So that's one of the nuts and bolts. Another one is I talk about quote pallbearers, an attorney, a doctor, a physician, and a pastor. Those four people you need in your life right now. In fact, I, I say they they need to be capable. They they need to be able to carry the box with you in it and know where to take it. So I'm, that's kind of a metaphor. I'm, I'm kidding in some ways. But so those four people are critical in your life. And one of the things that an attorney is going to help you do is write a will. Now, this, this seems outrageous. But if you're listening to me, to the sound of my voice, and you don't have a will, as soon as you can, I'm begging you to put a will together. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you die without a will and listen to me, 70% of the people in this country die without a will. That means probate gets to choose where your stuff goes, where your assets, where your money, where your property. What? That, that's incredible. I mean, so you, there, your church, ministries that you know of, your children, all of that, the state is going to have to make that determination. So do that before you die. That's in the nuts and bolts chapter. So... Um, those people, those pallbearers, your doctor, your physician, I mean, your uh, attorney, your pastor, um, th those people, those people are going to help not you, but the people who survive you 
but take care of those things so that you don't have to worry. They they don't ha- you don't have to worry about the fact that they won't know what to do. Again, that it's called nuts and bolts because it's like, well, duh. Why why would you die without giving them the advantage of knowing what you wanted them to do at your death? So that's that's that chapter, and it's it's not a fun chapter to read. It gets into the weeds a little bit, um, but it's critical. I mean, I'm begging you. It's critical that you take care of these things while you can. Um, you know, um, uh, do not re- resuscitate DNR. Mm-hmm. That is, if if I am on my deathbed, do I want them to use every measure possible to keep that body alive, or do I want to give them permission, if I can say this, to pull the plug? That. All of that, my family does not have to wonder what I wanted at the end of my life. So those are the kinds of things in this book that are incredibly practical. And they're not for you, they're for your survivors. They're for the people that you love. So they will never have to wonder what you would have wanted at your death. That's a very important thing. It's hugely important. And uh, as the survivors, what a gift that is to be given. And so you would be giving that gift if you uh, put this into practice. The book is called Finish Line and want to uh, certainly recommend this to you. Robert Wolgamuth has written the book all about dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life. So appreciate the opportunity to uh, connect and talk about that this morning. Donna Steve in the morning on Moody Radio.